Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, it's 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And before we get to Dan Deardorff, our play-by-play call of the day, the Yankees rally and beat the Astros in Game 4 at the stadium. The pitch to Judge, swung on, a high drive to deep center. That ball is high, it is far, it is gone! Oh, what a Judgean blast to Monument Park in dead center field. Oh, the Yankees finally hit a ball hard, all right. All rise, here comes the Judge. Aaron Judge homers to dead center. And way over the Monument Park wall, Chapman deals, swung on a high pop. They're going to get it. Gardner in left field. Gardner makes the catch. Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. As only John Sterling can call it on WFAN and the Yankees radio network. (laughs) It's the only... The only guy that can call Yankee baseball like that. Uh, one of the great things that happened a couple of years ago, at least for Jack Ham and me, was uh, that Jim Brandstetter moved to the play-by-play job, and Dan Deardorff came in as the analyst at Michigan. It's been great uh, crossing paths with him several times along the way. Dan, welcome to our show. Appreciate your time very much. Oh, Steve, glad to be with you. All right, uh, I know I've listened to enough of the broadcasts uh, where I, I know how you feel about the offense uh, for Michigan. I want to ask you about the defense. What has wh- when they go three four four three? What are some of the things that you've seen in that that defense that has made them maybe at times high risk but great reward? Well, you know, you, you, Don Brown, the defensive coordinator, he goes uh, he goes ballistic when you use the term high risk. Because he, he doesn't think it's high risk at all uh, in the sense that the, he's not leaving an area of the field uh, undefended. That if, what it is is it's, it's pressure. It's all about pressure. And he's not the first guy that believes in that. It's, it's kind of uh, from the old Buddy Ryan school. He leaves his corners uh, in man coverage. A lot of times there's not a uh, deep safety in the middle of the field, and it is uh, uh, it's people coming at you from all different directions. In the NFL, the guys have a whole lot more time to prepare for it than they do uh, in that compressed college week. And uh, it's not an irregular situation to have a free runner come loose. It's, I love the scheme, and the players love playing it. Well, you know, it, it, the other part, too, is that you have to be really good defensively up the middle. When you look at starting with Hurst, how good is Michigan up the middle? Well, when Mo Hurst uh, made a decision to come back uh, for his senior year, uh, his final year of eligibility, rather than and go to the NFL, it was a huge shot in the arm because all four of the defensive line starters last year uh, graduated. Uh, and, you know, 10 of the 11 starters 
on Michigan's defense uh, uh, graduated, uh, except for Jabril Peppers, who uh, who went to the NFL after his third year. So we had to start from scratch. But luckily, uh, all of the guys that are starting now got a lot of snaps last year. But the biggest uh, of all was when Mohurst decided that he was going to come back. Uh, you've heard the old expression, he's got a great first step. Well, Mohurst is explosive off the ball, and I don't think there's an offensive lineman in America that can even consider trying to block him one-on-one. Now you go outside to number three, and that's Rashawn Gary in his second year. Where have you seen an improvement in him, Dan? Oh, I think across the board, although he, he's he got such uh, crazy athleticism. The guy the guy is 6'5", 295 pounds, and and you look at him and you watch him move, and uh, you'd think he's like 245. Um, he, he gets a lot of double teams. He's really opened it up on the other side for our, our other defensive end, Chase Winovich, who's got a great motor, never stops. But Rashawn Gary, uh, again, uh, it, it's, it's, it's trouble uh, to try to handle him one-on-one because he's, he's just an extraordinary athlete, and he's really just – starting to figure out what it takes to be great and he's uh he he wants it he wants to be that good and he's a guy that's going to play in the nfl for a long time what kind of motor and worker do you see in devin bush and then tell us a little bit about Kalik hudson all right devin bush is uh, uh our middle linebacker not the biggest guy uh, he's only about 510 and uh but when he's everything you look for in a middle linebacker in terms of range, uh, he truly is uh, a guy that can get to the sideline uh, quicker than most other people. But the biggest thing with Devin is when he, when he arrives, uh, he brings it. He, he doesn't want to just tackle somebody. He wants to hit and knock them backwards. And, uh, you know, obviously at Penn State, you've had a long tradition of, of linebackers that, that that play that way, and that's Devin Bush. He really uh, uh, he really delivers a pop when he arrives. Uh, it, 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 who else did you ask about Hudson? Uh, yeah, Hudson. Yep. Yeah. yeah um, uh, this is his first year of really getting uh, much in the way of uh, of serious repetition uh, in game action, and he's really growing into it. Uh, he's filling the same position that. The, that Viper position that was uh, Jabril Peppers. And, you know, athletically, uh, those are impossible shoes to fill. Uh, but Kalik is really doing, I think, a, a really nice job. He's It's kind of that hybrid position. He's half defensive back, half linebacker. Size-wise, he's, he's a defensive back. And uh, it takes a lot of versatility and a, a, a pretty good skill set to play a, a linebacker position when you're that undersized. Against Indiana offensively, Dan, did you start to see the semblance of a running game that can make a difference? Well, when, when you say make a difference, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, I, I'd feel better about it if Indiana's defense uh, was going to be there Saturday night. That would, that, that, <laughs> that would sure, They're kind of undersized up front, and yeah, we had success running the football, uh, and I think that that's what we're going to have to do. Uh, 
you don't need me to tell you that uh, our, our passing game is not scaring anybody right now other than Michigan fans. And uh, we've got to run the ball. If, uh, if we can't run the ball uh, offensively, uh, the, the play callers are really going to have their, their hands tied. We're, we're not nearly as versatile offensively as is Penn State. Well, Karan Higdon's coming off the 25-carry, 200-yard performance. But obviously, Evans has played a lot. Obviously, Isaac's played a lot. You know, what's yeah, you the must difference really between... Tell us because you don't have a running back at all. So yeah, when but... you see Higdon run, you must go, man, I wish we had somebody like that. Oh, that's right. I, I feel comfortable about where Penn State is with their guy. <laughs> oh, do you really? Oh, gee whiz. That's, I'm really glad to hear that. I really Just like, like you were very comfortable with some of the great ones you've seen. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm telling you, he's unbelievable. I, it's it's fun. It's the same old story. I wish he played at Michigan, but you, you admire greatness when you see it, and you uh, it's been fun watching him play over the years. He's uh, yeah. Uh, Barkley is just—he's a joy to watch. He's a—he's a football player's football player. Well, Dan, on the Michigan side, is Higdon the best of the group, or was it just his week? I mean, because you see them all the time. Well, I think we were playing three, always playing a three-man rotation, and each one of the guys brings a different skill set. But I think I think Higdon has taken. Uh, the starter's position away, and I think it's because of his ability to generate yardage after getting hit. He is a uh, he's a very aggressive ball carrier. He's, he doesn't shy away from contact, and uh, the thing that impressed me the first time I saw him, and then every time he's gotten an opportunity, and uh, certainly everybody on, on the Indiana defense saw this, uh, his ability to keep the legs driving and bounce off of or run through somebody, it's, it, it really sets an attitude. And I said it a couple times during the game. When a running back makes a run like that, and, of course, Saquon Barkley's done it a million times for you guys, that, it creates an energy that just you can almost see it. If you, could, uh, you can almost see it radiate up and down the sideline when a running back makes a run like that where he's the guy that finishes it and he's the guy that kind of put it to the would-be tackler. To me, that, that energizes a football team. The money can't buy that. So what are the things, at least going in, that you're interested to see on Saturday night in terms of like, the tone you'd like to see set early? Well, I, it, our defense is going to have to keep us in the game. Uh, and that's, it's, it, that's all there is to it. We cannot... Uh, I, I don't think we can get in a shootout. We're not that kind of football team. I, if, 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 if Penn State scores uh, 30 points, uh, we're, we're going to be behind the eight ball. So, yeah. I, and our defense knows it. They know what they have to do. And, uh, you know, I think uh, uh, our best chance of, of going to Happy Valley and, and winning is – we might have to win 14 to 10 or or 14 uh, 13 or uh, 17 14 that's that's the type of a game i think it has to be uh, if michigan's to have a chance i, I i'm hard pressed to imagine us uh, going into happy valley and and uh, beating you guys 42 38 i i don't think that's possible yeah. 
uh, one final question, just on a personal note. How you know how the knee's doing? Because the last time I saw you, you know, it was you know you were trying to bounce back, but it was a struggle. Oh, I've. Uh, uh, it wasn't the game of football, but uh, I'm a product of uh, uh, the AstroTurf uh, generation, and I saw oh, yeah. the old yeah. AstroTurf, which was nothing but asphalt with a piece of indoor outdoor carpeting rolled across the top of it. Uh, all of my teammates were pretty much in the same boat. I got two artificial knees, two artificial hips, and pretty much an artificial spinal column with a 12-level fusion. So I'm uh, I'm not in any pain, but uh, getting around uh, is not easy. Some days are better than others, and uh, thank God I'm in the uh, radio booth. It's not uh, it, it, the only thing I have to worry about is Branstead or falling on. <laughs> that, that would be fake. <laughs> that is a concern. Hey, I look forward. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing: we're the biggest broadcast duo in history. We're, if I if I stand behind Grandstetter, no part of me shows. So that lets you know I'm big here. <laughs> I look forward to seeing you on Saturday night, Dan. Thanks a lot for the time. I appreciate All right, it very Steve, much. Anytime. Got it. Okay. All right. Bye bye. Oh. Dan Deardorf. <laughs> oh. Well, he's not wrong. <laughs> but, you know, the last the last time I saw him, that was a year ago, or a little bit more than that. I mean, and he was, I mean, you know, oof. He's right. AstroTurf got him. I mean, you remember that the you know he played in that Bush Stadium turf, which was just awful, awful. I mean, Jack played on three River Stadium turfs, awful. All right, Jim Brandstetter in a rebuttal moment coming up in the final half hour as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. SMC is where you want to be for your next new Ford during the annual Fall Ford Markdown event. SMC is where you want to be if you want 46 Ford Escapes to choose from starting under 20 grand. SMC is where you want to be for your next new Ford F-150. Choose from over 50 F-Series trucks starting at $23,994. Sunbury Motors has sold over 40,000 Ford trucks over the past 102 years. SMC is where you want to be if you want to buy a brand new Explorer for under 30 grand. 14 Explorers starting at $29,925. Every new Ford has deep discounts during SMC's annual Fall Ford Markdown event. Fusions, Focuses, and Fiestas are at the year's lowest prices. SMC is where you want to be if you want to save big money on your next new Ford. Sunbury Motors in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza. Sunbury. Right, tomorrow, Jack Ham, Derek Williams, Dick Girardi, and Rich Scarcella. Friday, Reese Davis. And then our prediction segment with my brother. So I'm taping the uh, Blue White Tailgate TV show. And, and we do a prediction segment on that. Now, of course, I'm getting buried here left and right. I'm what, a, I'm, what am I, a game over 500? You are still one over 500, yes. 21 and 20. <laughs> So I what, what went three and three last week. Yeah, the good news is you did gain. You gained a game on Kevin. Oh, big deal! So <laughs> it's still early. So <laughs> you're pecking away. 
Right. So, and the Best Buy thing, I'm in last place. Derek's at first. Jack is nipping at his heels, the whole thing. <laughs> Today I'm doing the TV show. Uh, and I'm picking against three other guys. Okay? You know, and it's all, all, everything's all for fun until it gets really serious. No. <laughs> and I'll say they put it, last week's record, 4 0. I'm at first place. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The intern didn't I, flip it by mistake, right? That, that didn't okay. happen? It was a tried Am and true 4 0. Am I the model of inconsistency or what? (laughs) No, you just have all your shows covered. That's all. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like I said, I think I'm taking some games and I'm picking them differently on different shows. (laughs) Because some of them are the same. Like Notre Dame USC is one of the games this week. Okay. I assume it's going to be one of our games, right? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Right. Yep. And in all likelihood, when we do the segment on the radio network Saturday night, because it's a night game, we need to have night games to pick on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Then we have no choice. They can't give us an afternoon game that's over, even though I'd have a better chance <laughs> of getting it right. <laughs> so, so it'll either so be Notre really Dame Southern, it'll be Notre Dame Southern Cal, or or the rest of now, the Pac-12 schedule. <laughs> I, right, exactly. I mean, whoever's on Pac-12 late at night, we've got. Uh, or the eleven so, o'clock, or the eleven o'clock ESPN late game, or something. Right. <laughs> so on the TV show today, I picked Notre Dame, which means I'm going to pick them on Friday. I'm going to pick them again on Saturday, <laughs> <laughs> just for consistency. <laughs> this is the earliest you've made a game pick in the history of this show, in the history of the segment. <laughs> well, I made this pick this afternoon, <laughs> so, so, or, or this morning. I guess this morning when we taped it. Right. So I made the pick. So I already know who I'm picking. <laughs> but I've got a feeling that the other games on the show, cause, because what happens is when the show's over, I then have to circle the other three games on there. Okay, winner, winner, winner. I think Wyoming-Boise State was one, I think. Mississippi State, uh, Kentucky, and the other one was St. Francis and Duquesne. <laughs> I have no shot. We will not be picking that one on Friday. <laughs> well, that's the one I knew about. No. <laughs> You're now behind your brother by one. <laughs> I'm marching toward the marching to victory. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I picked the Packers last week. <laughs> How did I know Aaron Rodgers was going to go out? None of us did. We all picked the Packers. <laughs> oh. Brutal. All right. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, he texted me. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Um, I'm not going to bring up Colin Kaepernick here in the show. I mean, people say, oh, they should they should call Cap. They, they, they should take a flyer on him. It's like, uh, I mean. You know what? That's Mike McCarthy's business. Right. Okay? Mike McCarthy is in the business to win. Believe me, if they think somebody can help them win, they will get them. If they don't think somebody's going to help them win, they won't. Sometimes it is that simple. He looks at Brett Hundley and he looks at Callahan as two quarterbacks that he's invested a lot of time in personally because he coaches the quarterbacks. He, he is the play caller. Mike McCarthy calls the plays. And what has he had? Hundley now for three years and he's had Callahan for two. Well... If he wants to sink or swim with them, that's his choice. Oh, he made that perfectly clear in the press conference on Sunday night. These are my guys, and we're going forward with these guys. 
Now, if some member of the media wants to coach the team and sign Kaepernick, then go ahead. I mean, I'm just saying that, you know, these guys have their livelihood on the line. Do you think that the goal is to... One of my favorites of all time was when Joe Paterno was the coach, and this happened for a couple of years, where I went to certain um, groups, alumni groups that I'd speak, and this comment came up like four or five times. They don't play the best players. What? What do you think? They sit in a conference room and say, you know, I think it'd be a lot more fun if we tied one hand behind our back and didn't play the best players. You guys all in favor? I. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And we welcome you to another edition of Point Counterpoint. Dan Deardorff was on in the previous half hour. Now Jim Branstead is on. Jim, it is always a pleasure on my part to have a chance to talk with you. Steve, it's always a pleasure to talk with you and the wonderful folks at uh, Happy Valley in Pennsylvania. And I might want to just say, based on my information regarding your Deardorff interview, Dan Deardorff has never seen an apple fritter he hasn't eaten. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll mark that down, but let's be honest about it. You just you just tag most of the audience. They feel the same way Dan does. <laughs> uh, John O'Corn is a local guy. Uh, he grew up in Huntington, about 35 miles from here. His mom works here in State College, as a matter of fact. When you look at what John's been able to do, uh, obviously we can we can see what the negatives are stat wise, but what are a couple of the positives that maybe Jim Harbaugh is seeing out of him? Well, I think resiliency and the fact that the kid must love the game and he wants to play and he is passionate about it. I mean, look at his career and the journey he's taken. Uh, he goes to Houston. He he. he you know, went to St. Thomas in high school, Florida, goes to Houston, comes up to Michigan to play for Jim Harbaugh to a program that's already got some quarterbacks. And and he's competitive. And, and I think Jim loves that about a young man, anybody who loves the game and loves to compete and, and is in it for the long haul. And I think that's what John O'Corn is. Now, stat-wise, yeah, you're right, there's some issues, but he's still going at it. I mean, he still wants to get better. And that, to me, trumps all the other issues that he may have. The running game. Karan Higdon's coming off a 25-carry, 200-yard performance. And we all, by the way, know the, the incredible quality. I'll, I'll just single him out of Mason Cole. I think he's, he's fabulous. Great player. Do you think, yeah, do you think, Jim, in some ways that Michigan started to establish an identity offensively Saturday, or are you still in a wait-and-see? I'm still in a wait-and-see because they've got to be more balanced. Steve, you can't. I mean, we did not throw the ball worth a darn against Indiana, and and I think to be really efficient and good offensively, you've got to be two dimensional. And, and we ran the ball well, and Karan Higdon exploded, which is great. But you still have to have that threat of the pass. And against Indiana, we had the run. Now against Purdue, when John O'Corn came in in relief of. Wilton Spate, they threw the ball extremely well. And John yeah. did a great job there. And so, uh, 
as the Michigan offense struggling. It's not just John O'Connor. I think it's everybody. I mean, I think it's everybody has to do their job. Offensive line, receivers, running backs, tight ends, quarterbacks, everybody is in on it. And it's about being more consistent and on each play making sure you get your job done, the old Belichick refrain. Uh, Karan Higdon did have the performance. Now, obviously, the three running backs have been used. It, was it just he got hot, or do you see him starting to establish himself as a guy that's going to get a few more reps than the others? Uh, you know, he may be getting more reps, but with Jim, you never know. Yeah. It was Chris Evans in the first game against Florida. He was uh, he was the guy. And then the next couple of weeks, it was Ty Isaac. He went two straight weeks over 100 yards. And then Higdon has come out of late. And it's whoever has – it's amazing to think that Michigan's three running backs, the guys that they really count on, Evans, Isaac, and Higdon, have over 1,000 yards rushing this season. We're not halfway through. That's pretty amazing when you think about it. And, and so that's why I think they'll go with all three. I think you're going to see, again, uh, uh, a rotation uh, when, we, when we go into Happy Valley on Saturday night. Defensively, they must be a joy for you to watch all the time. Oh. And I, I start with the guy seventy-three in the middle, Mo Hurst. Um, a lot of you know, you talk about building baseball up the middle, catcher, short, second, center field. That's a pretty good start up the middle, isn't it? You betcha. I mean, he's. I mean, Rashawn Gary, who's a pretty good player, right? Yeah. Right. He said he watches you know the defensive room and the line defensive line room, and he says. And Mo is unblockable, and and that's coming from a guy who's pretty unblockable himself. So that's yeah. high praise. But you talk about being strong over the middle. But then you got Devin Bush, and then in the back end you got Tyree Kennel. Right. And and so that strength up the middle is exactly what that Michigan defense brings to the table. With with obviously you're right with Moher starting it. He is a disruptor. He can make plays, you know, from the sideline to sideline as a defensive tackle, and uh, he'll get to the quarterback. He'll stop the run. I mean, he's got it all. He, he's, Michigan's blessed to have that guy up front. Special, special player. Gary's a special player. The other guys you mentioned as well. But, you know, Don's gonna, Don Brown's going to play, obviously, his fair share of man in this, which means that puts some responsibility on those guys. Time means something in terms of the time a quarterback has to get rid of the ball. But what kind of job have they done in coverage to allow the pressure part to pay off? Actually, uh, you know, that's the one thing coming in, you know, that was secondary. And, and Michigan has gone with three corners, basically, and all founded Levert Hill, David Long, and Brandon Watson. Now, Josh Metellus, Terry Kennel, and uh, are the safeties, or that position is the Jabril Peppers position. But the what 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 Don Brown will do is he will bring everybody. He loves pressure defense. He likes to force the other guy into negative plays. Because statistically if you're at second and fourteen, I think your odds of getting a first down are minimal compared mm-hmm. to second and six. And that's the way he likes to play it. The other guy to watch is Chase Winovich, uh defensive end. Um, you know, Mohurst and Rashawn Gary get a lot of publicity. But this kid's motor never stops. He is one of those He's one of those energizer bunnies from the edge. They played. They they played the first two games starting out four three. They played the last uh, four going three four. Which which one do you prefer, and and why does it, does one work better than the other? Well, 
part of what they do is it depends upon the offense. If if they're going to go spread you out and go wide like Indiana does, they'll play three defensive linemen. They'll bring blitzes from the secondary. If you're going to go tight ends and you're going to go run, they'll bring in four guys down front, and then they'll have three normal linebackers. It's like Khalid Hudson and Noah Furbush. Furbush, when they go with their four base to their four-man front, is one of the linebackers, and that's more of a run game or a outfit that would run the heavy sets like Michigan State and Iowa. And people that spread you out, you know, they're going to go three-man front. And it, 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 that's what Brown's defense is so good at. They're so versatile, and he likes to put kids in positions to make plays. And he looks at a, an offense and he says, "What is? How do I attack it best? I need to get speed out there." And he'll do it. He, he's not afraid to substitute and get guys out there that can get the job done against whatever set, whatever offense the other guy's trying to run. What is the scoring range of Quinn Nordine meant? Oh, well, you cross the forty and you're in range. You know, I mean, he's true freshman, and that's when you can get points. And you only, you know, like I said, you get the ball to the 35 and you can get points. That's pretty strong. And and in games where your defense can play as well as Michigan's can, those three points can be the difference in a game. And and that's that's what his range, in my opinion, gives Michigan. Uh, the ability to play a little bit of field position and the ability to take the three points and let, his, you know, and let your defense protect that because that defense is good enough to do it. When you've had a chance to get a look at Penn State, what have been your uh, thoughts about them? I really like him. I mean, I, I think Gasicki is, a, again, one of those tight ends that he'll always hurt you. He reminds me of the guy at Dallas, Jason Witten. He just yeah. – somehow he's going to make a play during a game he's going to catch a first down when you don't want him to. And catching the size of Juwan Johnson at 6'4", 225. He's a load out there. And, of course, Saquon Barkley. I mean, his numbers are scary. I think after last year's Michigan-Penn State game, Trace McSorley, something, I don't know where the light went on, the switch happened, but something happened to that quarterback, and he became a playmaker, a, a leader, whatever it might have been. And all of a sudden, that team took off. And to me, despite all of... You know, despite Saquon Barkley and all of his numbers and, and the receivers and everything that they've done, that's the guy. He's, I don't hate to be cliche-ish, but the straw that stirs the drink of that offense, yeah. that's that's the guy. And, and mm-hmm. on defense, I think Cabinda is a beast. I mean, yeah. he, he's like sideline to sideline, numbers to numbers. This guy can play. Jim, I have to ask you about the Detroit Lions. You're you're their their analyst on their radio network as well. They're three and three right now. We know that the Aaron Rodgers injuries probably changed the dynamics in the division. Why are they three and three right now? And where you know what kind of potential do they have in this season? Oh, Aaron Rodgers, Steve, you're right. Aaron Rodgers' injury not just affects the division; it affects the entire NFC. If yeah. you look around, I mean, Seattle's out there, Arizona's out there. They're going to be fighting maybe Green Bay for a wild card. So right. without Aaron Rodgers, that affects, I think, the entire NFC. From a Lions perspective, it gives them an opportunity, hey, win the division and we can get to the playoffs and get a home game. So that's that's how it affects them. And they're good enough, in my opinion, when they play well, they're good enough 
to play with anybody in the NFC. Matthew Stafford's the real deal at quarterback. They must protect him. Last three games, he's been sacked like 16 times. That, if that continues, then the Lions will be one of those also, also rams. But if they can protect him and keep him upright, uh, with Aaron Rodgers gone, they will be a contender big time in the division, and they already have a leg up because they beat Minnesota up in Minnesota, which gives them a 1-0 record in the division, and that's a great way to start. Right, and not only that, that means, for example, you get them back back home at Ford Field, you end right. up with the sweep, you've got the tiebreaker where you need it. Right, against Minnesota, which is a team that a lot of people feel, you know, against with Green with with Rogers out will be that team that you might have to battle for the championship. So you get them at home, you've already got a victory over them. You know that that puts you in the driver's seat. You, you still have to beat Chicago and you still have to beat Green Bay. Don't get me wrong, but clearly without Aaron Rodgers, that division is wide open. And and I mean this sincerely. So is a lot of people in the NFC. They took a look at that injury and said that may be our. You know, that may be our uh, entree into a possible playoff spot. Right. A lot of people said, look, we're back in the race. I mean, just by, oh, exactly. by that one move. Because yeah. you figure Green Bay with Rodgers, they win the division, right? There's a playoff spot gone. Now, all of a sudden, they may not even get in, or they may be battling for a wild card, which puts a bunch of other teams, you know, back in the race, quote-unquote. Quote. Now, we talked about the Michigan defense. In your opinion, do the Lions have enough defense? Well, I hope so. I mean, the one thing that worries you is the injury to Glover Quinn over the weekend. Right. Uh, Haloti Nada's not playing. He's out on injured reserve. Uh, they've, they've been banged up. But overall, yes. I mean, I, again, they've got to have, stay healthy in the NFL. And uh, I think Glover Quinn is important that he comes back. And um, But I think, yes, defensively they're capable. Because I don't think anybody offensively in the division, now that Rodgers, again, is gone, is going to run away and hide. They don't have that, you know, powerful, uh, crazy offense that could put up 30 or 40 a game. And uh, and, and that way I think the defense is, is, is capable of handling it within the division to at least get that, you know, get that division championship. But if you get that and you get that home playoff game, it's the old story, get in the tournament. And if you can do that and you get that home playoff game, then I think you got a shot because then all bets are off. And, you know, in one game, these guys, they all can play each other and they can all, you know, get a win. Jim, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. It's even better when I get a chance to see you, and that will be on Saturday. Thanks yeah, so look, much, my friend. I look forward to uh, getting up with you and Jack and all the guys up at Penn State. Thanks so much, Steve. Thanks, Jim. The outstanding Jim Brandsetter. The play-by-play voice of Michigan football and the color analyst on the Detroit Lions radio network. And just one of the really awesome guys out there. I, I have a lot of respect for Jim. Tremendous respect. We'll come back, wrap it up in a moment. We'll tell you about tomorrow's show and Friday's show. Let's see. Jack Ham, Derek Williams tomorrow, Reese Davis on Friday. We feel pretty good about the lineup here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Does CBS know that he stole their theme music? Maybe it's the other way around. Does CBS, does the suit know that CBS stole his theme music? CBS stole uh-huh. his. That's that's his story. He's sticking to it. Wow. <laughs> Actually, it's, it's State College Area High School. 
When was that? Huh? When did we run their college football games years ago? That was before I got here. I mean, I remember when I got here in 95, we were still running. We were running Notre Dame for a while over on 107.3, I know. Hey, everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Game of the week. Okay. Um, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Affiliation. <laughs> well, that was exciting. All right. I thought so, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Talk about setting setting everything back um, months. Thank you. Uh, so, <laughs> what was it? Uh, uh, State High, State College Area High School, their... Uh, fight song is to the theme of Anchors Away. So every time they score a touchdown, you hear Anchors Away. So back in the 80s when I was doing their broadcasts, I said, I wonder if State High knows that Navy stole their fight song. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Oh, you have to have some fun in life. What the heck? It's not all that serious. Uh, In all... Although every every time you turn around, people are trying to make it really serious. It's not all that serious. Uh, let's see. Uh, so tomorrow, Jack Ham. So I promise I'd run down what we have. Tomorrow, Jack Ham. Uh, let's see. Rich Garcelle will be at 315 tomorrow. Dick Girardi at 335. Jack Ham at 406. And Derek Williams at 435. On Friday, uh... Reese Davis is going to be on the show. And I think we've got Reese in at 406. Does that sound right, Sean? No brainer from here, yeah. Yeah, 406 for Reese Davis Mm -hmm. from ESPN. And then my brother at 435. And oh, you know what? And at 335, I think we're going to get, we might get Trevor Maddich. Okay, might get him on the show. Because he's with, uh, you know, he's he's also with the game day crew. That's right. He's on the uh, radio end with uh, Doug Kazarian, yeah. and uh, Doug gave us a nice right. thank you note on Twitter after his appearance here on the show yesterday. Yeah, enjoyed it. I mean, Doug Doug does a great job. I mean, he's a really smart guy. I mean, you know, Brown graduate, back to back head football coaches here that were graduates of Brown, <laughs> Joe and uh, Bill O'Brien. Both brown guys. Uh, I was an economics major. I went into the sports. <sighs> you know, it's funny because today I was talking with Alex Gellerstadt, and Gellerstadt's father is in accounting. Alex wants to go into economics. And I'm like, wow. It's, Torrance Brown was there, and Torrance Brown wants to go into sports management. It's it's really interesting the dynamic here, and it's part of the privilege of doing the games because I really like the young people that James Franklin and his staff have brought in. Just like you know, Bill did the same thing, Joe did the same thing. I mean, everyone knows the quality of player that Joe brought. I remember having uh, Emory on the uh, one day, the long snapper, uh, and his. Uh, major was aeronautical engineering, and he had a four point oh. I think where did, you know I mean, Penn State 
has major has guys taking majors that are just remarkable. You talk about the populist group. I remember when Scott Radisick was in school, and Scott Radisick was in engineering. Well, engineering back in the early 80s, the late 70s, early 80s, when Scott was here, was a five-year program. So Scott redshirted, and then he played the four years while getting his engineering degree. Then he plays in the NFL for years with the Bills and the Chiefs and so forth. And now he's out there designing stadiums. Torrance Brown today. I want to go into sports management. Alex Gellerstad, I want to go into economics. DeAndre Tompkins wants to go into neuropsychology. It is amazing. I mean, you listen to the majors they talk about. And, you know, all these players are graduating. They're going to end up with a better than 90% graduation rate. The players are all graduating, Sean. And they're playing really, really high-level football and taking high-level majors. Jack Ham tomorrow. His perspective on the Nittany Lions. Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.